And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's good, Raider Nation? Or after last night, what's maybe not so good? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I am your host, as always, Raider Hart. And in this Raiders Chiefs recap episode, we all saw the game last night, unfortunately, guys. The the Chiefs thumped the Raiders good and proper 41-14. to Graspy and I are going to get into it. We're going to look at some reasons for concern at this point. I think it's fair to say on offense, there's some troubling trends afoot. Patrick Mahomes has a monster, monster night against the Raiders defense. And speaking of the Raiders defense, they picked the wrong time to turn in their worst day of the season. And of course, we'll we'll try to find a captain of the week this week. And there's plenty of candidates to walk the plank. We have that as well. But first, guys, you know, as always, you can find us out there on social media. We're always out there, ready, willing, available to to, to chat. You can find us on Facebook. But the main place seems to still be on Twitter, where most of the Raider talk, the most high-quality Raider talk is at. You can hit us up there at silver underscore hack. We're always willing to hear your questions and comments. And as far as the podcast, guys, you can find us on a multitude of platforms. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Pods, and many more. That was just to name a few. So any episode, if you want to catch this episode, obviously, and any previous episodes, if you want to run it back all the way as far back as last season, you can get all the episodes there, guys, any one of those platforms and, and others as well. And like, share, and subscribe, guys. You know, the more the merrier. I know it's tough after you get spanked by a division, a hated division foe the way that we did last night, guys. But we talk about the good. We also talk about the about the bad. So make sure to tell all your Raider fan, family, friends, coworkers, you know, associates, whoever they may be. And uh, tell them to, to join us here with the Silver and Black Hack podcast. Everybody is welcome. And uh, before we go any further, I'm going to go ahead and bring in a very disgruntled Raspy Raider. What what was that last night, Raspy? I mean, it was just like a a, a red and white buzzsaw just, just completely, you know, ripped right through Allegiant Stadium, man. What in the world happened last night? Well, first off, what's up, Nation? Um, I, and like you said, in our house, of all things, of all places, too. Um, you you just asked, you know, like, uh, what's good, Nation? Yeah, what's bad? At this point, there is a lot that is bad and not a whole lot of good. Um, yeah, that was a worse than a gut punch. That was a little bit lower there. Um, I don't know, man. I... 
this team just flat out pisses me off. It gets so frustrating, man, when there's times for us to uh, just take the bull by the horns and set ourselves up, and this is what we come out and do. It's it's embarrassing, man. This is the kind of stuff we do all the time. Can we ever get past this, man? It's like everybody in the division, you know, I mean, like, you know, but two other teams in the division lost. The Broncos lost. Chargers lost. It's like you could have wiped out last week by beating the Chiefs, man, and been in the driver's seat. And what do we do? We come out there and with just a piss-poor, lackluster performance by pretty much everybody, coaches included, and here we are. On the free fall, I get it, it's only a couple games, but at this point, it's like a free fall. I mean, when's this going to stop? It's not going to get much easier, folks. We play Cincinnati next week and Dallas the week after. You play like this, you're going to get rolled. So, I don't know, man, but I'm pissed off, and definitely I am disgruntled. Well, I mean, I, I hate to admit it. You know my, how much I hate to admit when uh, Raspy's right, but he was right about <laughs> – the score. Uh, I had the Raiders winning. Now, to be fair, had I known that that they were going to basically run out the same offensive strategy that they didn't even crack twenty with against the the Giants the week before, that may have changed my opinion a little bit. But Raspy had this. Raspy had more insight into the the true heart and soul of this team than I do, and that hurts me to say that as the numbers guy. I had all the numbers telling me that this is not a playoff team. I'm supposed to be the guy that looks beyond the emotion and everything and looks at the cold, hard data. He's supposed to be the, the the more fiery, emotional guy. So that really lets me down as far as I would let myself down by ignoring the data. And just this team really – I don't know why I was willing to go out on a limb and trust this team when, you know, time and time again they've shown that, they're, that they just don't seem to stand up to the big moments. We had a question here that I was going to save for Ask Raspy, you know, but – I just felt like it was relevant here. I still believe in Derek Carr, guys. I want to be very, very clear about that. Raspy has his own views on that, which I want to let I'm gonna let the man speak for himself there. I believe in letting, you know, people speak for themselves. And Raspy certainly has his own opinions that he's more than capable of expressing very clearly. So but I, I still believe in Derek Carr. But I, I have to say here, you know. I didn't think he was terrible last night. We usually start with the quarterback, you know, against, you know, there's a weird group of Raider fans out there that act like the quarterback is no different than every other player on the team. Like it's the ultimate team game and everybody has equal. We all know that that's BS. The quarterback has by far the biggest impact on winning and losing games. I won't say that Carr lost this game, Raspy Nation, but did he really win it for the, you know, did he put in a winning effort either? It, this is a showdown against Patrick Mahomes in your house, prime time, and he goes 25 of 35, 261 yards. You know, a lot of that was in garbage time. 7.5 yards per attempt. Again, bolstered by some stuff that happened in garbage time. He had two touchdowns. He was also sacked twice. I didn't think he looked as good under pressure as what he, especially the blitz is what he has at other times. He had a 58.7 QBR, just a hair above average there, and a 99.8 quarterback rating, which against Patrick Mahomes in this type of matchup just is not going to get it done.
is Carr built for the big stage? That was the question that 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 came down. Is Derek Carr built for the big stage? I want to say yes, I, because I still believe in him, and I think a lot of it in the past was he didn't have a defense to support him. But Raspy, you know, one of well, nine that's on third That's down, out the window now. That's out the it, window it is. now. It, it is. The, the defense didn't show up last night, but I, I'm with you, man. And, and in four, in, in all four losses, we've we failed to score over 16 points. We were one of nine on third downs last night. Against the Chiefs, Raspy, I, I perhaps this isn't the day for me to kind of push back on your on your uh, some of your points about Derek Carr. Well, you know, and is he built for the big stage? I mean, there's going to be guys that say, well, he, you know, he plays well in prime time games. Right, let's go back and you can go back and look at some of them, man. I mean, that's he is not. I'm sorry, no, he's not built for the big stage. He's not the guy that's going to go out there in a must-win game and win it. And anybody wants to argue, we, we can argue all day because you're wrong if you want to argue with me. That's fine. Have we been to the playoffs other than one time? I mean, obviously he was hurt. That's not his fault. I get it. But this is the same thing. This is his fourth year in this offense, man. He could not be more comfortable. What are what are we waiting on, man? When's this going to all of a sudden happen after eight years? It's just going to be like, oh, we're going to start being – playoff contenders every year with Carr, it's never going to happen. So anybody that thinks that you're, I'm sorry, guys, you gotta, you gotta go back and look at some of the numbers, man, and just see what happens in these crucial games when there's so many things on the line. He buckled last night, man, that defense thrown for 260 yards against that future defense is not something to be excited about. I'm sorry. It's just not that defense is just stank, dude. We made that defense look great last night. Yeah, I want to say something so much worse, but they are stank, dude. And we made them look, we made them smell like roses last night. It was total BS. And it just had me like just ready to turn the damn game off. I was hate watching there for a while. I was to the, well, the entire, probably after, you know, late in the third quarter on for the rest of the game is hate watching for me. You know, at the, at the, Intro there, I teased that there's some troubling trends that are starting to emerge with this Raiders offense, and they reared their ugly heads big time again last night, guys. I think it's fair to say now the Raiders have a problem against two deep safety looks. It, it, we have all four losses were against two deep safeties, and at first, you know, leading into this game, I thought it was we talked about this in the preview, I thought it was the man match component of the two deep safety look that was giving us trouble. Well, last night was a big piece of evidence that it's just the two safety because that now that's the common denominator. I don't know that they, that they ran a, a lot of man match, you know, we'll have to look at some uh, off to catch up with tape. Don't lie. Or some of these other cats that break down a lot of more film than I have time to right now. Maybe we'll go back and see that they did make some adjustments with the man match, but two deep safeties give us problems, Raspy. It's, it's no longer something that can just be explained away by a fluke or this or that. And the other part of it, and this plays into it too, my man, is one of the key things we talk about it every week. You know, you talk about some of the route combinations that, that usually are effective against that. And the other thing that I always bring up to support you on that is the other way that you beat them is through the, through the ground. Is you, you can run teams right out of this. In fact, that's what the Chiefs have done in recent weeks when they've struggled against two deep looks. They've ran them out. Well, how did we do running them out of it last night, Raspy? Well, Kenyon Drake, four carries for a grand total 
dominant rushing total of 16 yards, four yards of carry, and Josh Jacobs, the special, special first-round draft pick out of Alabama, the difference maker. So many people out there tell me he really is a difference maker. Boy, seven carries for 16 yards, a big, big, massive 2.3 yards per carry. What a difference maker there. Derek Carr, who does not remind anybody of Lamar Jackson with his ability to make plays or willingness to make plays with his legs, is your leading rusher with three attempts for 18 yards, six yards of carry. Those two factors, big problems, Raspy, big troubling concerns. We flat out cannot run the ball. And even when we can, like last week in a close game, we unplug it. I don't know what in the hell is going on. Greg Olson had me so excited in these first couple weeks after Dundernuts left, you know, with all that debacle. And it looked like, okay, man, like he's he's kind of being able to do his thing now. It doesn't feel like he's handcuffed. It looks like the same thing out there in the last two weeks. It looks like, like, like Hart said last week is Gruden over at the local Hooters calling in plays. It's like that's what it looks like. It doesn't look any different the last couple weeks. And – Masashio went from looking in the first two games like a super excited, involved coach, you know, dapping up the players, running around on the sideline to looking just flat the last two weeks and like a completely different person. He's he's literally coaching himself out of here. So if he hasn't already after last night. If he hasn't already, yeah. I mean, if he hasn't already, but it's like you started out with your hair on fire. I get it. This rug stuff happened, and that was, you know, just a punch in the gut. But, man, you guys are professionals. You have to move on. You can't let the outside stuff affect you because ultimately you've got a job to do. you got families to feed and, you know. We just can't risk running that back on that, right? You can't be – I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. We just look so flat. The last two weeks, it's – Stickening, man. Watching these games has been very, very difficult. It it, it really is, man. And, and you know, I hear the rugs thing. I hear the Gruden thing. And and there's a few people out there that are floating that out there for Rich. But the thing is, can you really risk that? That's what it was, and running back next year just to find out, you know, in week four, yeah, it was. We just needed to. We just needed to to move on. There's there's some decent coaching candidates out there now, and 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 the other part of it is. No, we don't have receivers do some tragic stuff that Ruggs did every year. We don't have coaches removed for racist, homophobic, sexist emails every year. But weird stuff does happen with the Raiders every year. And if you can't navigate that, you know, it, it just doesn't bode well for you. And I want to go back to Jacobs real quick, okay? Richie Incognito, I'm sure a lot of you guys saw, had yet another setback with the calf. I don't think any of us really, even the most optimistic members of Raider Nation out there. I don't think too many of us really expected him to to suit up and be on the field anymore. That this calf just is not just is not progressing at all. It's really been since the beginning of last season that that's been a problem. Jacobs was really good his rookie season, but ever since since 2019, in other words, since Richie Incognito was not able to play and be so dominant out there, he ranks 27th out of 29 running eligible running backs in yards per carry at 3.86. He ranks dead last, 44 out of 44 eligible running backs when it comes to converting third third and fourth downs at only 43.5% raspy and tied for 51st. So really not even a, a starter or backup caliber, 
really will will back up caliber as far as 51st. He's tied for in, in runs over 20 yards, so explosive runs. He's had three runs that would qualify as explosive runs since his rookie season. This does not look like a special difference maker right now. No, he doesn't. I'm, I'm, what are we doing, man? What in the absolute hell are we doing right now? I have no clue what goes on in some of these meetings. It blows my mind. I wish I did. I wish I could be a fly in the wall. I, but you know what? I'd probably be so pissed off. I'd just fly into a truck or something and just end it. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to me, man. I I do not understand. First off, what has happened to him, and then when he does have like like last week, he had a game that seemed like, oh, we maybe we can pop him out of this and help with his confidence and get him going. They unplug it, and I'll say that over and over again because we could have won that game, man. It was a, I get it. Not you, you can't pound the ball and try to keep running it when you're down by two scores. We were never down really by two scores there at the end, and we were running the hell out of the ball. So even you mean when we get the Giants. Yeah, so even when we get got a chance, and like I, I talked about it last week, that could have like, you know, maybe changed the turn the tide a little bit. But no, you didn't do it, and then it just trickled over in there. And then Hart tells me he's pissed off at the fans after they're calling him out, saying he's not a difference maker. Well, put it on the put it on tape, bro. Look at your stat sheet, man. I'm sorry, sorry guys. I kind of got a cold too. I got runny nose and stuff, so I apologize if I sound even raspier and dirtier than I normally do, but fighting that off so bear with me but I just yeah I just don't I don't understand man at this point he's just not getting it done he's just not I mean he needs to take Richie Incognito out for an all expenses all you can eat steak dinner because he made him cryotherapy and try to get him right (laughs) or something it looks like he made Josh Jacobs because ever since Richie's been gone basically Josh Jacobs has been MIA as well. I wouldn't be against starting Drake as the running back one for the, going forward. We, this I offense needs an too. explosive component on the ground, and it's just not there with Jacobs. And we, we're really lacking a lot of pop through the air as well, guys. If, if we're just – this is going to be a, one of these shows where we just keep it all, you know, all the way 100. Let's just air all the, the dirty laundry out here. Edwards, three catches for 88 yards and a touchdown, made some plays in the second half, attacking the seam against the, the two-deep safety. Why it took him to the second half to make that adjustment is a question that Greg Olson should have to answer here, you know, very soon this week. Renfro, seven catches for 46 yards, did some good stuff underneath and scored the red zone touchdown. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had the big explosive play for 40, 38 yards, essentially 40-yard explosive play. Why he did not keep running is a question that uh, is beyond me, why he didn't just keep running. Uh, he tried to make too much happen, coughs up the ball, and takes potential points off the board there. have no idea what was going on there. But the, the one that I want to talk about, Raspy, and I'll let you get to Deshaun Jackson as well, Darren Waller, four catches, 24 yards. The floor is yours. I I don't know what's going on with Darren Waller, but I'm concerned, so I'll just let you take the floor before I say something I shouldn't. You have every right to be, man. I mean, this kid is special, right? I mean, the whole – it's not just us saying this. This is an NFL thing. Where is he, man? 
we, we, we lost the ability to, you know, hit the deep ball with losing rugs. We seem to maybe have, you know, hopefully got it back with Deshaun. I, again, I don't know with her. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Catch the ball and head towards the end zone and just hang on to the ball. You know, you don't have to necessarily, you know, if, even if you don't score, man, you're, you're rolling. Like we're moving. It was the deepest ball we had all game before that. We, they were talking about it themselves during the game that we led the league and, you know, stretching the field and pushing 20 plus yard plays. We hadn't even thrown one until like, what was that, the third quarter or something? Late in the third. Like, what what are we doing, man? And then, you know, Kelsey, he, they force feed him and look, he takes over the game. Waller, I feel deep down, has all that ability and the capability to do just that. What is going on, man? I mean, but I also see them hitting him on this dink and dunk nonsense. I get it. He's a tight end, but he also runs when he runs a 4-3, 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four, four. Four, four. We, we, we can't push him down the seam. We can't set him up with an opportunity to maybe be coming across the field and catch the ball in stride. I'm sorry. A lot of this stuff boils down to car, man. And and that's that's where I'm at with that, man. He looks scared at times and in crucial times. I mean, I'll go back to the Joey Bosa comment that was made after the Chargers put it on him. No one is scared of him, man. When Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, I mean, you know, and I know he's not, he's not those guys. But, I mean, even Tannehill guys will fear some of that. You know, even the, you know, mid-grade guys, no one fears him at all, man. They feel like if they can get to him, put a little pressure on him, get in his head, it's over. You know, we can argue with me. He's had times where he has bounced back after some mistakes and stuff. But, man, I he's just not – he, there's no killer instinct there, man. And I am so sick and tired of this guy. I wish he'd listen to the damn show. Quit throwing off your freaking back foot, man, for no apparent reason. Air mailing balls up there and just throwing lip noodles into the sky to get picked off. What in the hell were some of those throws last night, man? He did it twice where he just literally gave one up for anybody to go get it. Twice. NFL quarterbacks don't do that. And if they do, they sure as hell don't last long on a team. So how the hell does he get a pass on everything? I'm just tired of, like, you know, Derek Christ, this, he's untouchable and just plays good enough every year to not make the playoffs but still stay on the squad. What other team in the NFL would put up with this nonsense? I'm sick of it, dude. I am tired of it. I'll say it right now. He's not the guy. He is not going to get us there. I'm sorry, guys. I wanted him to be the guy. I was I was seriously anointing him his, you know, second year thinking, second and third year thinking like, oh, man, we finally found it. How many playoff wins we have to show for since we drafted him? That is I'm true. Done. I'm done, dude. I'm done. How are we going to do this for the next four or five years? We're going to sign another contract with him? What are we doing? Well, Same thing will happen. We'll sign him for five years and we'll go five years of being right around 500 get a lousy pick in the draft, and we'll screw that up anyways, and we'll just continue to – he'll do enough to just keep himself on the roster. I, I'm just – I'm done, man. I am so over all this, man. He's just not making it happen, dude. And like I said, this throwing off his back foot for no apparent reason and just limb noodling balls everywhere. I'm just sick and tired of watching it. But you – I'm not uh... – I still believe in Derek Carr, but I think you just said it right there. Say that we move on from Derek Carr. Do you really trust that this organization to be able to draft the right guy? How many first round picks we burned through first round picks? Like 
it's going out of style and there's very very little if anything to show for it well no but, and i get that but i also what does it change you know what i mean you still might be able I, to get lucky and find a guy that you can you know you can build with and maybe have more of a ceiling because right now i think this is it folks this is the ceiling I'm not. I'm not arguing that. Times to make you look real good, and a lot of times where it just all falls apart and will will falter and fade late, and then it's over. This is the difference. This is what we need to do. If now the rest of the season is going to determine whether or not we roll forward with Derek Carr. Okay, if he loses out or does anything close to that, or we fall short, I'm a Derek Carr guy. I've been a Derek Carr guy. You guys have heard me over the years. But I'm not one of these guys that's just going to roll, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde where we're driving over the cliff and just keep, you know, just drive right off. The, I'm not going to drive right off the cliff with Derek Carr. So if we miss the playoffs again and, and he and he falters, I am open to changing on that. The thing that concerns me is that he he's he did not respond against the blitz last night like he normally does. He's normally very good against the blitz. Even against Spagnola's blitzes last year, he shredded their blitz. Last night he was very gun shy against the blitz, and I he think part waiting. of the problem all night he was waiting. He was, but I think part of the problem is, and part of it was Derek Carr. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that says I confess that all the problems with Derek Carr is everybody else's fault. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. That's just not realistic, guys. You know, he's not human. Last week he even he led the he was leading the charge that he was awful against the Giants. And some and some cats are still arguing with Derek Carr, saying that it, that Derek Carr wasn't even right about the fact that he wasn't good last week. Wrap your head around that. But the, one of the problems that I think that we have, he was he did not see the field. His eyes were slow. I felt like last night against the Blitz. But also, Zay Jones is just not getting separation on the outside, and he had way more reps than what I was expecting after we bring in Deshaun Jackson. I get the ridiculous fumble that he had, but I also saw the 40-yard explosive play yeah. the one time he was targeted, and that's been missing from this offense. You know, Zay Jones has struggled to, to get separation, and Edwards, as good as he was attacking the seam in the second half, an adjustment that should have been made from the first midway through the first quarter on, on the outside – when they weren't utilizing him against the two deep seam, he was 0 for 12 against single man coverage, 0 for 6 against press man. That's that's very troubling to me, and and, and this goes to Mayock too. I just he doesn't seem to value guys on the outside that can separate as far as wide receivers. He 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 caped for Zay Jones way back in the day when he got drafted to the Bills, and Mayock was with NFL Network. And he told everybody to – basically his scouting report was, look at all the good things that J Zay Jones can do with the route running and the hands and all this and that. Ignore the fact that he can't separate. That's just BS. Well, that, that hasn't been BS in the NFL. And Edwards is the same way. That was the one concern that he had coming out of South Carolina. I watched him all the time, as I've said before. I watch South Carolina football more than most people do out here, you know, out in the West, the West Coast. But – so now we got two guys on separated. the outside. Yeah, we got two guys on the outside that can't separate. That's that's that can't uh, a recipe separate. for disaster, man. It is. And then last time I checked, Raspy, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be starting right out of the gate for the Rams. Tonight. Yeah, watch him go off tonight. Watch. Some of us said we needed to get both because of this very problem that Zay. Yeah, you talked to really you, Raspy, and I said, yeah. On, 
I was thinking, yeah. yeah we, well, that's the thing. L.A., that's what they're doing. They want to win now. They know their window is now, and they see it. So they're like, we want to win now. They go get to the last in the last week and a half or whatever. They got Von Miller and Odell. Now I get it. Maybe these guys aren't quite their former selves, but they're still damn good players that can come through for you, man. And it just shows that they want to win, man. I love what Les Need and Kroenke and, and Big Bay are doing over there, man. They're aggressive. Yes. They go for it, right? I mean, yeah, the they do it on the field too. They do forever. it on the field too. You know what they I mean? Do. They play the analytic game. They go for it on fourth downs. And you know what? Most of the times, probably 70% of the time, they're winning on those. Well, look at last night. Reed didn't even hesitate on those fourth downs. No. And got every one of them. You know, that's the other thing. Going back to Derek Carr before we turn completely turn the page on that. You know, I mentioned the fact that in the four losses, we haven't even cracked 16 points. Raspy, you brought up before we got on the air, one of those losses to the to the Bears, rather, I think it was. We didn't even crack 10 points in that game. I get that that was the Gruden thing, but come on, man. The One of the things that's troubling to me also this year is that in the red zone this season, Derek Carr has only completed 27 out of 49 attempts. This, is, this stat comes from the – the hated Josh Dubow, you know, a lot of you Raider fans don't like the the fact that he puts out uncomfortable facts, basically. If you're not praising the Raiders all the time with every stat, whatever, you know, that's 20th. There's just something about this whole situation in the red zone. He's only been really efficient in the red zone in 2015 I believe in the young man. I, I believe in his moxie. I believe in his clutch in the at the end of games. I believe we see that he at any given he's also a quarterback at any given day. He can he can enter elite space too. So there's very few quarterbacks that have the ceiling for any given game. He can play at an elite level. But it's stuff like that. What do you think the problem is with the red zone, man? Because and, he, and also going back to Waller, four catches for 24 yards. You just said it yourself, man. Two deep safeties. Why is he not attacking the seams? Why are we not attacking the seams with Darren Waller with that 4.4 speed and that 440-plus inch vert? And Moreau, for that matter. Why are we not running some dual tight ends, man, and 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 attack in the middle of the field with guys that can catch the ball? Moreau has been non-existent, and Hart was saying the other day we're talking. He's like, maybe he's just not who we thought he was. I do think he is that guy. You know what? We But that, that's the thing, man. When Bill Belichick – had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, you know what he did? He used them both. <laughs> we don't do that. Has there ever been a has there been a game where you've seen us use them both and attack the hell out of a defense, man? Wouldn't that throw a defense off? Well, we don't even do it. And you know what? The red zone issues, man, that's why Carr's such a conundrum because, you know, one day he can throw for 91%, but then the next day he can't hit the broadside of a barn. So I'm sorry, those ultimate highs, they're a lot more few and far between than these lows in these games where we get throttled when there's a lot on the line. And I think bottom line, what it comes down to, man, and just like I said, he doesn't have the killer. I feel like he's scared. I feel like he's scared to throw picks or he's scared to make a mistake. But you know what? You know what happens when you're scared to make a mistake? You know what you do? You make, make a mistake. mistake. <laughs> I mean, just freaking play, dude. I don't – I think he's scared, man. And I and I can't – I'm sorry. I'm done sitting here – trying to defend a guy who's scared. I said it this year that I thought he'd be our MVP, and he came out ripping and roaring. Well, what's going on now? It, he does this every year. He starts to slowly fizzle. He's just like the weather, man. 
he starts out hot, and then as, as the weather cools, so does he. And unfortunately, he hasn't shown that he can fix that and change that narrative later on in the season. It just continues. Throw a season at me where he's came back and made a three- or four-game run in the last three or four years and brought us back to the playoffs. He hasn't. 2016, when we made it, we were up. That's the thing. We never got really too far behind. We were kind of fighting back and forth with the Chiefs to stay in the lead of the division. So he was never behind and made some run. Look what Mahomes did. These guys were two or three games under 500 a month ago. Here they are, top of the division. I mean, what are we talking about, dude? I want that guy. I want a guy that can do that. I don't care how fast you start. If you fall apart in the second half, it doesn't matter how fast you start. We've all seen this nation. It's the third year in a row. And just like Hard pointed out, we have a better defense this year, and we're still behind last year and the year before's pace and wins and losses. That's and the scary, dude. You three, the, last night, the de- we're, we're going to get into that here shortly in segment two. The defense did not give us a chance last night, but the other three losses, they absolutely did. I think did they did early. Play. I think they did early in the first half. Dude, the game was a, it was still a game in the first half. The D was out there a lot. Offense was giving them nothing. The D was gassed, man. And you know what happens to a D that gets gassed against a team that's really fast? Like they, They're going to run you out of there, dude, and that's what happens. I still don't blame all this on the D. I know they didn't have a great showing, but most of those points came in the second half when these guys were just done. We were not keeping pace. And if you can't keep pace with the Chiefs and score when you're an offensive-driven team, what are we even talking about? You're going to lose. We already know that. If we said that, you know, before the game, if you can't score points with these guys, you're going to lose. Well, yeah, because the guys that are trying to put it all, I see, you know, Raider Honcho and some of these other guys, which I love this, you know, I like his show or whatever, but not trying to call him out on that level. But he's really trying to put it on the D. Well, he's he's trying to put it mostly on the D, and he's obviously a Derek Carr guy like I am. That's why I usually like his show. But here's the thing, man. My homie Seth hit me up last night. I don't talk to him as much as I would like to anymore, but he's a Raider fan, you know, tried and true, you know, bleed silver and black like we do. And he texted me during the game, and he was like, you know, as much as everybody wants to roast the defense, and he was roasting the defense too, said that they looked like the walking dead out there last night, and I hear that. But he's like, if it wasn't for our punter making a play, we get blanked in the first half against the Chiefs last night. That, the, the, the seven points we got. <laughs> well, he, he absolutely was, and we're going to get to the the opportunities that the defense had to do to to do a whole lot more of that, and maybe turn the tide. And they they dropped literally dropped the ball. We're going to get to into that here in just a, a a quick second. But he's absolutely right. I mean, if you're going to say that you're going to you know your punter is going to be the guy that puts you in position to score your only touchdown, of the, we had. Seven points and a half against the Chiefs, you you can't really realistically expect to win that game. And if you really should have been blanked in the first half against the Chiefs, you're not beating them by not scoring points in the first half, period. So one last thing before I wanted to move on, Raspy. This is a quick little thing that just hit me when you were talking about uh, some of the struggles with, with the passing attack. Do you think it's – this may be completely nuts, so tell me if that's the case, but – should they move Renfro outside and move Brian Edwards inside and make him a big slot type of guy and attack the seam and, you know, sort of be the type of guy that can turn around and post up in the red zone and then use Renfro more, maybe not exclusively, but mix him up, up a little bit more and have Renfro have a few, a lot more reps on the outside where he can use his separation ability to 
to have two guys on the outside that struggle to separate, and it seems like Edwards does a lot of his his. They had troubles with him on the inside last night. Well, he's a big body guy. You know, it's crazy. You remember me talking about that a couple weeks back, saying, "Why don't we ever like, especially with you know with what we're lacking out there before Deshaun even came here, like." I know Renfro is not some speedster, but his, his ability to separate and to be shifty as hell. Remember when I was telling you that and you thought I was crazy? You were like, you were bashing back at me on that. And now you're coming around a little bit. I, I do. I do. I do not think you're crazy. I think that's, that's where he was doing his best work. And he's that big body guy that can go across the middle. And he isn't, he's shown that he's not afraid to take a shot and go, you know, put it out there. And Renfro is obviously as well, but I think Renfro could be pretty scary on the outside. And sometimes well, things happen, and you got to make crazy moves, man. I do something, because what we're doing well, right now ain't working. So do something. It ain't working. The only the only place I'll disagree with you on Renfro is, I still don't think he's a guy that, and I would like to see running a lot of deep routes. But what? How much better are your comeback routes, either, your dig yeah. routes, your your crossing routes when a guy that can separate like that? When you're, you know, it's not just about like we have Deshaun Jackson now to to do the deep stuff. So that yeah, I'm not as I know, worried I know, about that I anymore. Get that. I'm just saying he's still so shifty and what he can do out in the middle of the field by giving him just some sticks. room, you know? Yeah, right. You have to back off of him just because. Think how nasty his his comebacks and dig routes and stuff like that would be with oh, his ability yeah. to that jitterbug like quality to zip zip. Whoop, you know, I mean. He's we can't, handle, we can't separate. It's it's the case is building against having both Edwards and Zay Jones on the outside. With both of them struggle with that. It's not through two weeks. It has not worked, right? So no. We'll see. I don't see a change in either. So no, just, we're just, we're two just outside the threats. Well, luckily we got Deshaun, and you know what? I get it. That that play sucked, but the forty yard. You know, over the top shot was great. You know, he's not going to sit there and fumble every time he gets a forty yard pass. So I think it was kind of flukish. I think he was trying too hard to make something happen because even he realized that hey, we need to make something happen. Sometimes when yeah. you try to stress, you know, stress too much on making the huge play, you make mistakes. I, I mean, I get. So I'm not going to like. I'm not going to you know, beat down on him for that. You know what I mean? He still made the longest play of the game. I get it that he the turned speed it over. Is still but, there. But yeah, so just keep going to that, dude. You you know, don't bail on him for one play. I mean, come on, man. We need that. Our 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 offense is predicated off that big play since we haven't had the speedster there. So use him, please. And why the hell it took so long to get him out there on the field? I have no idea. But I digress. I wouldn't have picked the Raiders to win if I would have known. I I picked him with the assumption that he was going to start on the outside right away. Why in the hell would we have thought anything other? that you know Odell Beckham Jr. is able to do that and he's coming from a system that's not as known to be as similar to to what he's running now as what McVay to Gruden system he came from Gruden and they're not going to wait to put him out there until the second half either late in the second quarter he should have started just like Beckham is going to be out there and guarantee he gets targeted more never mind you ready to talk about a letdown from the defense man yeah let's uh We'll get into that segment, man, when we come back. We talk about the Raiders' disappointing defense here after a quick word by Scream Genius. <laughs> this break is brought to you by Scream Genius Horror Boutique. They've got a wide selection of horror themed and related products, guys. 
They've got really everything. They've got horror-themed apparel, bedroom sets, pillow covers, car seat covers, windshield covers. They really have it all, guys. For the ladies in particular, all the horror-loving ladies out there, they've got dresses, crop tops, sweatshirts, jackets, leggings. They really do have a wide selection for the ladies. And the fellas, they haven't forgot about you guys either. We know a lot of, a lot of guys in Raider Nation love horror. And for you, they've got sweatshirts, horror Hawaiian shirts, button-down shirts, bomber jackets, baseball jackets, hoodies, and more. Myself, I just went on there and grabbed a really cool Freddy Krueger baseball jacket. It actually kind of looks like it was made from Freddy Krueger's sweater. I mean, it's just it's, it's just so cool, man. It's off the hook. Keeps me real warm here in spooky season. The, the weather's a little cooler these days, and it's up to the task. They've also got the goths covered as well. I know that there's a lot of members of Raider Nation that are goths. They've got you guys covered as well, both men and women. And... Speaking of Raider Nation, that's how I found these guys. The, the owner, guys, is actually a major, major Raider fan. And I know here at Raider Nation, we support our own. So, Nation, head on over to Etsy.com and search for Scream Genius and see what all the five-star reviews are about. They, they have very, very reasonable shipping times as well. You know, that's going to be important with the holidays coming up, guys. So, head on over to Scream Genius on etsy.com or at etsy.com and when you check out guys use promo code scream 77 for a nice discount they'll hook you up so head on over to screamgenius.com over at etsy and uh, make sure to tell them that the boys over there at silver and black hack sent you scream genius the place to get your horror fan cred <laughs> Welcome back, Raider Nation. You're listening to the Silver and Black Hack podcast. This is the aftermath, the autopsy of the debacle in Las Vegas. The Chiefs thumped the Raiders 41 to 14. No easy, easier way to put it than that. It was an ugly, ugly night in all facets of the game, literally by your silver and black guys. And got raspy Raider. Um, I convinced him to stay around as sick as he is talking about the Raiders as sick and tired as he is of talking about the Raiders. I somehow convinced him to come back for another segment. Just kidding. He loves doing the show. He loves being there for you guys. <laughs> but what we didn't love, I think we can agree on this recipe. What we didn't love is Patrick Mahomes going 35 of 50 for 406 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt five touchdown passes 83.4 qbr 127.6 i mean it slaughtered us bro it's it was classic like peak patrick mahomes like we couldn't yeah. isn't that one of the most disappointing parts about this is that we let him get right it was every it was what we all feared we let patrick mahomes get right against us we allowed we brought the the monster back from the grave. It's us. Like, go ahead, NFL, blame us. Blame, blame the Raiders. We're the ones that went back to Jason Voorhees' grave and was messing around and doing and resurrected him by accident. It's us. And I just don't understand the game plan. We've praised Gus Bradley all year, and I think he's deserved that praise. I don't think it was 
we were over overshooting it by any stretch of the imagination, Raspy. But what was that game plan last night from from Gus Bradley? It just what did you see? You know what I saw a lot of, which I or a lot more of, considering we, we never do it. Was all of a sudden he wants to blitz. Mahomes murders people on the blitz. Talk about Voorhees, like Freddy Krueger, man. You might as well go to sleep if you're going to blitz this guy all night. He feasts on that. So we haven't done it all year, and it's been working. So you pick of all guys to do it against, Patrick Mahomes. I, I said it last week. I I think it was set up perfectly for us to resurrect their season, and we did exactly that. You play right into it. And now, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this team went on a three, four-game win streak, man. I wouldn't be surprised they get back to the Super Bowl now. Their team, they're, you know, they, they haven't had the greatest defense in this whole entire time Mahomes has been there. They always play kind of crappier early in the season, and then they seem to kind of turn it up when it starts to really matter. So, yeah, and that's another thing. Not only did we resurrect Mahomes, we resurrected that lousy-ass defense. We did. It, it, we, we did. We we let Spags, Spagnola, defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, we let him off the hook. You know, that you, you talk about the blitzing that was uncharacteristic. I didn't understand that either. And I also didn't understand the coverage, the, the plan, as far as coverage. It's like we wanted to sell out so bad on the deep ball that we literally did not account for the – I felt like we let Patrick Mahomes get hot and get comfortable and get a rhythm because we didn't cover the flats. At we just all, said basically <laughs> at all. Remember some of those plays? We were talking about that Daryl Williams is catching some of these swing passes, and I was like, Raspy, you or I would have converted that. Like, no hyperbole, you know? No. Like, we, there was no Raider even in the screen until he was five or ten yards down the field with running with the ball. So there was at least two or three times where there wasn't a guy within 10 to 15 yards, 10 to 15 yards in the NFL. Who the hell's guy is that? I mean, like that should never, ever happen. There should never be a guy. There's, it's 11 on 11, man. How in the hell is a guy out in the flats by himself with, with 15 yards of separation from the next closest guy? You're going to get rolled. I mean, and that's what happened. That's what set it all up. Heart is dead on the money. The flats were killing us. I mean, you can't have that, man. You you can't have it. And the other part of it is, Raspy, if you really look at it, it just sort of hit me here when you were talking. Gus Bradley's game plan against Patrick Mahomes was downright disrespectful because he was essentially saying, okay, this kid, is. we all know what he is, but here's what it is. He's so impatient that all we have to do is just take away the deep ball and he won't be able to handle himself like a, a spoiled brat who got his toy taken away on Christmas Eve. He'll throw a fit and just force a bunch of balls down into our coverage and we'll, we'll just take, we'll just pick them off. Just, just totally disregarding that this kid is going to say that he has the patience and intelligence to say, okay, if you're going to do all that and have Daryl Williams, you know, where there's nobody even on the same side of the field as he's going to, he can take the easy money. I just felt like that was a very, uh, for the first time, I'm very disappointed in the, in the planning by Gus Bradley. You, you just can't disrespect a guy with the, with the ability that Patrick Mahomes has. And I felt like that was a very disrespectful approach by, by Gus Bradley and company. Well, and I agree. And it's downright stupid for the simple fact that Andy Reid has said himself, 
and we all saw it playing that back air football. Mahomes was getting a little too comfortable with that, and that's what has killed him this year. That's why their start was so lousy because, he, you know, it's like teams have caught up to that. So what they'll do is just like us, sell out on the big play, and then – but he's, you know what he's doing now? He's, he's actually starting to check down. And the difference of him checking down and car checking down is he actually throws the ball past the line of scrimmage. And he does it when it's necessary. But, yeah, that's what everybody's been asking him to do. And for his sake, if he can do that, those big things will open up and Mahomes can get right back on track, you know. But I have the faith in him to do that. I'm sorry, I don't have the faith in our quarterback to do that. And the way our defense, like you said, came out, it was it was flat-out disrespectful. It was saying, we just think that you're just going to shove it into our coverage. Well, he's not stupid. We treated to him like point, he was. Yeah, to the point to where you're going to leave stuff wide open with nobody for – 30 feet from your, you know, receiver coming out of the backfield. I mean, that's just pathetic. dude. That's like high school ball. What are we doing? I mean, some, I saw it somewhere on Raider Twitter. So whoever put this out there, I, I don't recall your handle. So, uh, I, you know, I would shout you out for that, but I saw somebody put it out there. It was like, all Gus Bradley had to do last week was read like one out of any 20 articles that, talks about different articles that talk about why the chiefs offense is struggling. And he didn't, he didn't read any of it. It's just like everything that was working. We, it, it just, it just did not make any sense. You know, Travis Kelsey, we had no answer for him. Corey Littleton had a pretty good game, but I don't know why we didn't just man match against Kelsey with, I thought that's why we got him a couple of years. Never mind. Travis Kelsey, eight catches for 119 yards basically 15 yards a catch. Uh, Trav, uh, Tyreek Hill, seven catches for 83 yards, two big touchdowns. And, you know, the surprise, you, you expect Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to hurt you and hurt you bad. What you don't expect, though, Nation, is Daryl Williams, a backup running back, to go for nine catches for a buck a one. And he mossed your your starting strong safety in the end zone there. I, I just made him look like an idiot. We may as well get into it. You know, Jonathan Abram, first round pick, he got picked on in this game. Nine for nine when targeted for a buck twenty-seven and two touchdowns, including this guy gets mossed by a backup running back who's not exactly known as a, as a pass-catching specialist out here. This isn't Darren Sproles or something like that. He gets mossed on a deep ball on the goal line where instead of playing the ball and moving to going up and making the play on the ball, it was there on the silver platter. Jonathan Abrams fades back like he's shooting a fadeaway Jay against Michael Jordan in the 91 finals or something. And and he allows Daryl Williams to come up underneath him again. A guy with backup running back ball skills, has better ball skills than our starting safety. And he takes the – he mosses him, takes the ball away from him on the goal line. We all saw the play. That Essentially, the game was over at that point right there. I don't care, though, dude. That ball should have been picked off. He should have been taking it the other way. Yes. No, I'm so, saying it was over after I, that. That that extinguished yeah. oh, yeah, any yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I agree. And it's and you just can't have that. The guy has shown that his coverage skills are still piss poor. But one thing that we hoped and that he would 
he was based upon and everyone was helping against the run and being that, you know, that presence over the middle to make guys pay. He's not doing that either, man. He's a lot like no. Hankins. The one thing he's supposed to be really good at, he's still not doing and we're running him out there all the time. He's just not making the plays, man. You're right. The, the physical, somebody tried to say that he could be the cam chancellor in this system. And let's just go ahead and kibosh that for good right now, because he's not even making any, what's the last time nation that you recall Abrams just coming across, lighting up a running back in the hole, take, you know, knocking the ball free from a receiver coming across the middle legally, you know, without any helmet to helmet or anything like that, sacking the quarterback, causing he just doesn't make a lot of that. He's made a few of those, but he just not to offset his just being so passive in coverage. He's just so bad in coverage right now. He's not making any – his ball skills, it's just very concerning to me. He's not even seeing any progression there, Raspi. Uh, I, I do feel like he's played better, and then at least he's like – he's a lot better in – he's in position, but they're just the, the awareness and the wherewithal to make a play when it's all yours. That play to the end zone was all his, man. Set that up, time it, go up, hit the get the ball, and take it the other way, dude. There is Mahomes pretty much just said, Yeah, Jonathan Abram can't cover nobody. Watch this, and just threw up just some lob pass and let Daryl Williams go steal it from him. You can't, dude, we cannot have that, bro. Why are you even out there? That's what you're supposed to do, man. You are a defender. That ball, if nothing else, is supposed to hit the ground. Not somehow find your way when you're in front of him to end up behind him and let him make an easy catch while you fall on your butt. Pathetic, man. It was just a disappointing night, just from top to bottom with the defense. I mean, they looked ill prepared from the from the get go. Like you said, you know, the missed assignments are probably too numerous to even get into unless we want to keep you guys here for five or six hours. You know, when well, I think Hayward played all right. But even Hayward himself, man, he had a you know an easy pick that he could have turned up the field and taken quite a ways too, and he didn't get it either. So there was three. There were three. Hayward misses that. It was basically a gimme. Mahomes threw it right to him. We would have been you know deep in Chiefs territory right there, first and ten. Who knows what happens with our red zone offense anymore? But we were set up there. He 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 lets it go through his through his fingers, and you just know what's going to happen. They go down, drive. Score touchdown. Our our rookie, Merrick, has took the ball away, would have taken points off the board, to intercepted Mahomes into the end zone, drops the ball. You know what happens? Touchdown a couple plays later. That's 14 points. And Abrams gets mossed on the goal line. Touchdown. That's 21 points off 21 the board. 21 points, dude. Board and erased off the board. They failed to do – they failed to do it in, in, in all three occasions there. Yeah, the, 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 if we if we went over all the missed assignments from last night, Raider Honcho just did like a, uh, what was it, a 10-hour a show yesterday. It, we would be rivaling that if we wanted to go down that road. We don't. You know, they didn't make Mahomes work. The penalties, too, you know, the, the, some of these untimely penalties. We didn't talk about that on offense either, just real quick. The few times that we had him on third and fourth and short, you know, the offensive line jumping, Leatherwood jumping, you know, it it's all signs. I guess I was going to get to this a little bit later with coaching. It's just all signs of a poorly coached team. And we did it on defense as well. 
What was the most disappointing part of it for you on defense? Because I know what it was for me. I guess missed opportunities and the fact that we were getting absolutely – I mean, yeah, pro football folks is going to tell you that Mad Max was getting pressure, but we weren't getting him on the ground. Our bookends were not getting home, and we weren't getting any pressure up the middle really either. So, But I'm going to pop off that real quick, and I'll let you jump back on it. But as far as the coaching, was, we got beaten special teams too. Cole gets that. that Cole gets that turnover, which was a hell of a play from our punter. That was amazing. Yes, when you give it right back to him, they're literally at midfield, pretty much on the shield. The perfect place to try a fake, man. And we weren't ready at all. Face on had his back turned. He was like four or five yards away from the guy getting ready to block downfield. Had no awareness whatsoever. Rich has to coach these guys up. They better be ready. That was the perfect time to try to fake one, and we weren't even close to being ready for it. That made me sick, man. It was a dagger. Yeah, and they, it changed everything. They went and scored a touchdown on that too, didn't they? I think they did. Well, we didn't stop them outside the first drive, so you, you'd have to – yeah, they did. Some, they, Yeah, they did. At least a field goal on that. And, you know, <sighs> one of the first time that we stopped them the entire second half, the first time since the first drive – and you, you fall asleep. That's all on Rich Bisaccia. He's the special teams coach, man, and he's letting the coordinators still coach. So that's he's still responsible for the special teams first and foremost. Just inexcusable. But, you know, going back to the pressures, you know, in Gakwe, I felt like this is my most disappointing part. The coverages were very disappointing. The missed opportunities were very disappointing. I identified the Raiders' pass rush as the, mo the most likely reason that the Raiders win the game. And Ngakwe just did not make it happen last night. He's been great this year, but last night we needed him on that stage. Just didn't just didn't deliver. And yes, Pro Football Focus has Crosby down for 13 pressures and 11 hurries, which is I great. I didn't see that. I didn't see all that. I didn't. I guess they, it goes back to that effective pressures we talked about that we need to start getting going. But I didn't see all that. That's what I'm going to. I was just going to get to that. They gave him a 90 plus Pro Football Focus grade. That's great. Effective pressures, uh, you know, this thing that, that Rasby brought up a few weeks ago and I'm modeling right now. I counted maybe one effective pressure where he actually forced an incompletion. The rest of those, Mahomes is diamond them up. It doesn't matter. If you're not forcing an air, an air throw, an incompletion, you know, a, a turnover or negatively affecting the throw on some level, you're just, what do we, you're just running around out there. The pressure's weren't effective they just what they, they were say, what do they say uh almost only count in horseshoes and hand grenades or something stupid like that it almost means nothing man if you're just because you're within a couple feet of them like that doesn't mean anything because a good quarterback's gonna stand in there until the last minute so I, it doesn't matter just because you're close you're not affecting anything man and yeah 13 pressure sounds amazing did you they smoked us so they obviously weren't effective now, Crosby was getting held a lot, and, and I do agree oh, he with he always that. does, for sure. I agree with that. It was extra blatant last night, but still, the, the, when he did get around it, the effective pressures – now, maybe the holds have something to do with that, but, you know, it, <laughs> it just didn't impact the game. And then, you know, I find myself, Raspy, saying, calling out the name of, of Quentin Jefferson less and less, and – Unfortunately, Phylon is hurt. I think we really missed him last night. Solomon Thomas, we're, we're saying his, he's looking more and more like the San Francisco version the last two or three weeks now. Didn't mention him at all except for two 
encroachment penalties that were ill-timed last night. The interior pressure, I didn't see square at all. He got brought up from the practice squad because of the injury to Phylon. Didn't didn't see him on the field. Cleveland Farrell did not make an impact when he was out there. Number 99 is a basically a heartbeat out there, man. And I hate to say that because I really want him to do something. But last week he was out there for, you know, 10 or 12 plays. He didn't have one recordable stat on the sheet. I doubt he did yesterday either. What are we doing, man? If you're not creating some sort of impact, why are you in there? And I'm sorry, you can't just wait for it to happen. If it happens back-to-back weeks and you can't re- you, you record zero on the stat sheet, you shouldn't be out there. I'm sorry, man. That's not helping us. We need an extra defender against the run, too. And that's supposed to be the one thing that he did actually yeah. bring from Clemson was his stout presence against the run. He I actually keep- rated pretty good with PFF last year against right. the run, you know, and we haven't seen that this year. I know he's had limited opportunities, but when he does get in there, he's not making an impact. So there's a reason for that. Yeah, he's not exactly looking like, you know, Khalil Mack against the Fletcher run. Fletcher Cox or something out there. Yeah, I agree. And you, you brought up the coaching, man. It just This team looked lethargic. Right from the jump, they they just didn't look like they had a lot of life. They didn't look confident. They didn't look – how are you not prepared to play against a team with, like, the Chiefs with everything at stake, with everything in the AFC West at stake? Again, here, you mentioned it a minute ago. This is another opportunity where the AFC West was basically saying, here, please, take the West. You could have erased last week where everybody in the AFC West won but us. We could have erased that in one game. And what do we do? We come out there and lay an egg and score 14 points against a horrible defense and let Mahomes light us up. We we doubled down on not taking advantage of anything. Just sickening, man. That's why I'm so pissed off, dude. I know I'm going hard on car. I get it. But I'm just tired of this, man. It's been, like I said, it's been eight years of this. The juice is not worth the squeeze to me. So you guys can hammer me all day long or we can talk about it, whatever. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I just don't see him being the guy to get us there. I know we're talking defense, but I'm just so I'm just so irritated. I'm not going to harp on the defense for having one loud. I know they should have showed up for the Chiefs. I get it. But they did have us in that game in the half, first half, and they were worn out, and the offense was doing them zero favors, giving them absolutely no help. So, you know what, man? That takes a lot out of a D when they're out there for – I wish – I don't even know the time of possession, but I guarantee it was in their favor by a lot. Yeah, I don't have those numbers, but I – well, we, how, we we barely ran any plays. So I'm saying. So that's how I know. How is that a recipe for winning a game where the Chiefs – you're going to let the Chiefs domi- have Mahomes dominate the ball, run several – you know, way more plays. I don't have the exact description. Right. Here, but they out they they ran way more plays than what we did. What is you know, one of the big factors where they say like try to keep Mahomes off the field, control the ball? That's like one of the ways to beat the Chiefs, and we did the absolute opposite and just let him play out there all day. We had eleven carries last night. Between Jacobs had seven, Drake had four. So hardly thirty-five attempts. So it just we did we didn't possess the ball. So. We kept our defense out there. Here's something I'll ask you. You brought up the special teams gaffe, which is absolutely just indefensible, just just pathetic that that happens to a special teams coach. 
You look at the fact that we looked, we did look lethargic. We did look ill-prepared. The bad penalties, the false starts, you know, the poor performance is still converting on uh, third and fourth and short. It's just not there. The fact that they had no answers for the two deep safeties yet again. The 41 to 14 embarrassment, the inability to turn the corner when the, the division was being offered to us on the silver platter and we, we sent it back. Was this was this type of performance disqualifying for you for Greg Bisaccia as the permanent guy? He's he's skating on some thin ice, man. As well as he started out, I mean, he is definitely skating because it has been so drastic, the difference of the first two to the last two. And I, I get it. People are going to say all the drama, but just the drastic difference and just his demeanor and some of the things he has said to, like – doubling and tripling down on nonsensical calls and not even learning from it. We've already seen this. It's a broken record. We need somebody to get us through the drama, right? We're the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So that's good, man. You know what? For me, it, I'll say for me, it is disqualifying. That's what you're going to bring against the Chiefs with the AFC West on the line. You're not showing me any – he's not showing me that he has the solutions to what's been ailing us the last few years it's looking very gruden like you know here here we are now we're all it's full circle right we're right back to now not scoring any points in the first half again and having to come back in the second half no running game it's all back again no red zone performance so and now we're i mean gruden wasn't even losing to the chiefs 41 to 14 so he's been really good friends with gruden for a long time and has coached with him on multiple teams you know what i mean he's starting to look like he's got some of the same exact uh outlook and thought process on some of this stuff. Yeah, for me, I'm back to where I was at the beginning with Rich now. He's disqualified in my eyes from being the Raiders' permanent head coach unless we make the playoffs and win a game. If he if he steers it all the way back... And oh, gets yeah, by all means, he could change that for sure. But it's a week-to-week league, and now, if you're asking me now, it's disqualifying to have that kind of performance against that team, against, with those stakes, that stage. You have anything else, man, before we go to walk the plank? Um, we'll try to find some captains as well, I guess. No, let's let's move on. Like I said, I said it last week, man. Let's flush this one and move on. And it was like they left it in the toilet. <laughs> did you just keep looking at it all week and then you went out and did the same thing, dude? Like, what are we doing, man? I mean, this is just crazy to me. I thought we were different. I thought we were better than this. I mean, this could get really bad. It's either we turn it around and figure it out in a hurry or, dude, the wheels could fall off, man. Or we're looking at another rebuild. Possibly. Unbelievable. Here we are again? Well, I mean, but you, you just said it, though. I mean, if it if we don't turn this around again, are we just going to run it back? Well, the one thing I was going to say earlier, and I got sidetracked, and we'll get into more of this as the as the season goes on and obviously in the offseason. But the one the only way that we can really run this, if we don't make the playoffs again, this is this is contingent on we don't make the playoffs again. If we fall apart again, don't make the playoffs. The only way you can bring Derek Carr back again with another coaching staff or whatever is if you is is if you build a great defense. Not a good, not an average defense like some of you clowns are saying. It, 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 that's not good enough. It's gonna have to be not even a the, good the, the nickname defense, like you said before. We have to you try to nickname defense, defense for this guy. 
we have to try at least to build one. And I was wrong too. I said a good defense was what it needed. I look like a fool too because that this has been a good defense minus last night. But th- besides that, it's been a pretty good defense. And we lost three out of the four. Three out of the four losses. The defense said, "Here you go, win this game. We got it." Well, and so- I'm not trying to sit here and be arrogant or pompous in any kind of way but go back i put it on wax i didn't think that that would do it i i i dig a little deeper into that personally and i'm i could be wrong but i i didn't think that i wasn't one of those guys that give him a defense because go back and do some homework hearts dropped it before but his record uh, when his defense gives up less than 20 is under 500 it's future that it like I said, there's there's a lot there, man. There's a lot to go off. He's been in the league eight years. There's a lot of stats there to dig into. Dig into him. Check him out. You're going to be upset, I promise you. I mean, he added to that this year again. You know, the three yeah. just before last night, the defense, 20 or less, every one of them. And we didn't even crack 16 and had one under 10. So, And I love Carr. I, I like Carr. It sounds like I don't at times, but I do. But... It is frustrating. I get it even. I know you're a car guy. I get that. You know what I mean? But it, it, I know you also see some of this stuff, too. It's frustrating, man. You can I, I support the guy, too. I'm not, like, all hate or nothing. It's not like that. I'm just tired, man. You don't, you don't, you're not one of those guys that's out rooting for him to lose. You know what I'm saying? No, no. But I'm just tired of him not taking advantage of opportunities and being the guy to take us to the promised land. And it just, every time games like this rear their ugly head, it just makes me realize like, there's no way he's ever going to win us a bowl. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So anybody that has that pipe dream, you're going to like, you're going to be out there on the ledge by yourself eventually. So. Well, the only way I see that happening is to have that defense to where the defense just catches fire one year. But isn't I mean, it ridiculous, though, that, like, you literally were sitting here saying that he needs a nickname defense to win a Super Bowl? Like, I, I think that's that's a sad story, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, it, that just it, tells you right there, if you really dig into it, it's probably time to move on after this year and try something else. I mean, I still don't see the, the viable replacement for Derek Carr but in the building yet, but it's like – if this but if you vi- keep signing him to extensions, there's no way to even find one because he's just going to be here. He would have to take a team-friendly deal so we could build this defense to even another two notches up. Because right. we saw we saw the Bucks handle uh, Patrick Mahomes no sweat at all in the Super Bowl. We've seen, you know, so and that's it wasn't even a nickname defense. So you know, so it can happen, but that's the only way it can happen. Uh, you know, that's what the Raiders need to do. You can't just run this back again next year and just say next year it's just it, the stars are just going to somehow align. Something would have to be significantly different if you bring Derek Carr back. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I still believe in the guy, but even I'm saying this thing with the above average defense is not working any better than the no defense. In fact, we were at a better place a year ago with no defense through this many games. So, Well, in order for that to happen, Mullen better come back as strong as ever. Hayward better stay. Merrick has to take even more steps forward as good as he's been. Abram needs to roll. We need a replacement there. We need somebody elite at the D-tackle position to crush it in the middle. I mean, there's so much to do, man. I don't know if you – you know what I mean? That's just so much to ask to try to – you got to build just some absolute monster of a D so this guy can have a chance. I'm tired of that, man. Paying him 25 26 a year, 
and and I get that that's low now, but when he signed it, he was the highest paid guy in the league. It happened to be years ago. That's why. But it's like, come on, man. If we're paying you elite money, we shouldn't have to build you the elite, elite, elite defense just so you can win. What are we paying you all that money for? Get an average guy and give him a defense that gives up 13 a game. He'll find a way or at least give you a chance. This is stupid. It's just the only thing I see going forward. I, if we're going to keep cars, something else has to – well, the other thing is get him in the get him in elite number one. Man, this stuff where these guys aren't able to separate on the outside – Well, there's yet another excuse for this guy. We're going to have an excuse for this guy every year as to why he's not getting it done. He needs an elite number one now. You know, he needs an elite defense. It's like sometimes you got to make up for some of the shortcomings. Now I get it. You got to give him talent. I understand that. But I just got to play above the numbers and and win a game just because he's good and because he, you know, he can and if you if we keep Derek Carr, something's gonna have to change, right? We can't come out there with Edwards and Zay. Like something's gonna have to change. We can't Absolutely. come out there. Defense, we're 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 a game back of last year's pace when we gave him a better defense. So that that was my argument. That's the the ground shrieking under my feet with that the defense argument. So yeah, but th- that's more of a topic for the off season. I think we're yep. getting ahead of no. I, a yeah, bit. I get it. I'm not saying cut him or start Mariota right now. I'm not saying that, but there's some cats that are saying that. I would like to see Mariota come in there and maybe do something other than just run for a yard. I wouldn't mind to maybe see him throw a ball or two to see if he can do it. I don't know. We don't even know. And why the hell wasn't he in there yesterday after we were down by 30 damn points? I don't understand why. If Carr's so good, then why are you risking him getting hurt at all? You should just put your backup in there, right? It's like they're just so afraid of having any spark for Mariota. Yeah, that somebody have... looked better than him, and then they have to make a decision. But here's the thing, though, with Mariota. As a car guy, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and this should this. It's weird whenever people bring this up. Car fans are so insecure about their opinions of Derek Carr that they get all in their feelings whenever some somebody brings this up. I'm a car fan, and I'm going to go ahead and say because I have security in what I feel about Derek Carr, like unlike some other people. It's time for Mariota in the red zone, man. It's time for that extra that extra threat of the quarterback running. I've, a few few weeks ago, if you guys remember the the Eagles pregame show, I talked about the damage that Jalen Hurts does in the red zone with his arm and his legs. You have to the fact that he can kill you with his legs makes the arm more of a threat. The fact that he can beat you with the arm makes the legs more of a threat. Look this at is what a- he did to the Broncos. Them coming off of a beatdown of Dallas, dude. He shoved it up the Broncos, man. He was making plays in the red zone. I think it's time for Mariota in the red zone. If that's disrespectful, then I, you know, guys, I, I don't know what to say, man. It's not happening in the red zone. I'm not saying he's the better quarterback. No, you know, but if it's not working, you got to change it up, man. Like, I get it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, you have to make some attempts to fix it. And I don't see it. And it's it's frustrating, man. This is my last word on this. And then we're going to move on to captain and, and uh, walk the plank, if we can even find a captain this week. If if Drew Brees had, had to step aside for Taysom Hill in the red zone, then Derek Carr can do the same. I'm sorry. He's not – I love the guy. He's not Drew Brees. If the esteemed Hall of Fame Drew Brees did did not have such an ego and neither did Saints fans – I didn't hear Saints fans griping about that. And Taysom Hill added something in the red zone too those years, right? You're not going to so, bitch if you score and, you know, and Drew Brees got it, man. He's like, I don't have those feet. I don't have that ability to do it. And, you know what I mean, like that. So 
he was know, still don't throwing. be too prideful. Just make it happen. Let's run it. We're all on the same team here. We're trying to. We have one objective, and that's to win. And if you're struggling in areas, we'll at least try to make some adjustments to fix those issues. It's been years now. What are we doing? Why did we even bring in a high caliber backup with this skill set if we're just acting like we're allergic to seeing what he? I mean, the one game against the Chargers that everybody wants to say, but we lost the game. Yeah, but when Derek Carr balls out and we lose because of the defense, it's all on the defense. But when Mariota balls out and loses because of the defense, it's on Mariota somehow. That's I always found that to be strange. But his his legs made a difference in that in that in that start. It looked at remember he, I mean, it added a whole different dimension with his running the ball. So yeah. in the zone, I think it absolutely could. Just in the red zone, I think it could make a difference down there. I really do. And at this point, we need to go six and two the rest of the way. They need to. They better if they're gonna if we're gonna go down. They better not have any bullets left in the chamber. If you know what I'm saying, they they have to go down with everything exhausted, everything under the sun that we have at our disposal. We need to have at least tried at that point. If we're not going to make the playoffs, six and two is a, is a is a big ask right now. Yeah, with the schedule we have, and not to beat a dead horse, but back to that Chargers game. Carr set the tone by throwing a pick six early. The defense held strong and only gave up seven points in the second half and gave us every chance to come back. So, you know, I don't want to hear that. Miss me with that, man. Get get him, you know, get, like you said, get Mario. What's the point of getting like a, you know, a high, like you said, a high-priced guy? Because we're paying Mariota some money, you know what I mean? But why why not use him? I don't understand. You're so right. I, I have no clue why you don't at least attempt to kind of switch things up and give defense something else to think about. Nothing else that gets them on their toes and gives them something else to think about. Because right now what we do in the red zone does not give anybody anything else to think about. And, no. and who's a better quarterback, Marcus Mariota or Taysom Hill? Would anybody right. take Hill over Marcus Mariota who started and made the playoffs and actually won a playoff game, guys, at Arrowhead? I know right. that we here that seems like something like, Bigfoot or something like that's something that's people talk. <laughs> you actually want a playoff game. That's so. how elusive it is, man. It's we we gotta fix this because I I don't know if I have it in me to go another twenty years without making the playoffs. And the one time we do, you know, we get slaughtered because we don't even have our guy, anyways. You know what I mean? And I don't think it would have mattered much. I don't know. Maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. That's why uh, the the prospects. The big moment are- scares me, man. But, but that. That's why the prospects of a full rebuild worry me, though, too. You know, I just – I haven't seen the playoffs, and it just seems like – yeah. I get it. I get it. Moving on, I guess. It, it, there's no easy answers there. Um, who do you got walking – well, yeah, I think we can at least find somebody for the captain's seat. It's, it's not easy this week, but who do you have walking the plank this week? Boy, is there some candidates out there. Well, yeah, I was going to say I had numerous candidates, and – then I got to talking uh, with Mr. Analytics here, Raider Hart, and uh, he brought some things to my attention that one of the guys I thought about, and uh, it just made me seriously throw up in my mouth a little bit. We don't uh, let that. We, if you, we talk, if you, no, guy. no, 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 no. I had a few. I had a few guys. I had plenty of guys. You know me. At least I got. I got stats, and I'm going to back this up. You know, I'm going to stand by it. And he was one of my guys, but Jonathan Abram. It's time you walk the plank. Man, I'm, 
I knew he had a bad game, and that one play in the end zone was just blasphemous, but I'm not going to kill a guy for one game or for one play. Carr starts dropping this on me, man. He literally, in coverage, uh, the guy he's covering, the guys he was covering, nine for nine for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Every time they targeted him, they won big time. Scored twice and put over 125 yards on the stat sheet. You can't make one play? You can't make one play in coverage? What the hell are you even out there doing? We talked about his run, you know, his help in the run, which he's not giving us. So what is he even out there for? The guy's, I'm, I'm, I'm really about to call it. He's a bust, man. He looks terrible out there. And he's even played better this year than last year. Last year was inexcusable. This year, it seems like he's at least closer and not leaving Travis Kelsey to go try to chase Mahomes in a game that we're in. And that's how they win because he bails on the best tight end in the league. I'm just tired of this kid. He just, I don't, I just don't think he has it. And I'm not doing this because we lost yesterday. I, I can go back and show you a bunch and we can talk about it, but. Jonathan Abram is just not progressing. He's not good in coverage. He's not helping us with this hard-hitting Ronnie Lott-type play. I'm just, yeah, he's walking the plank, period. I'm not even going to get into it anymore. Bottom line, he was 9-for-9 against in coverage for 127 yards and two touchdowns. That's pathetic. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get too many people from Raider Nation arguing about Abrams right now. It's... He's really given you nothing. And like you said, against the run, the passing, his coverage struggles are what they are. But for a team that's struggling to defend the run like they would want to at times, it just seems like he could really make an impact erasing a lot of that. And he's not. So I I can't argue that at all. I did go a different way. I'm not disputing any of that because it was all right on the money. But I did just to go with somebody else because there's multiple multiple options here like oh, we said. could talk plank all night long we could have another hour of just who we could throw on the plank dude that plank would get real real let's just say that plank would snap real quick yeah i mean almost the entire ship really deserves to go this time but this is a guy we've never had on the on the plank and this is why i'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it this week because i we believe in we, we give you the praise when you deserve it and he's deserved it and but when you don't you know we can't ignore it because of what you did last year or something like that. And Darren Waller, man. It's time you walk the plank. I'm as shocked as anybody to, to have him on the plank. Um, you know, it. This the thing is, this guy's supposed to be our all pro. He's supposed to be the best player on our offense, the best player on this team. He's the guy that we've compared with Kelsey, with Kittle. And he, outside of the first game this year, I'm not sure if he's 100%, you know, not 100% healthy or if, if he's kind of hiding some some injuries or if he's banged up under the radar. But after the first game of the year where he was so overly targeted against the Ravens and it worked out, he really hasn't been a factor as far as being a game-changing guy. And the four catches for 24 yards when they're, they're sitting in this too-deep coverage when – this guy should be the best seam weapon in the league, honestly, with that speed and that athletic vertical leaping ability, his size, his hands. And he's just been an absolute no-show over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he was injured 
you know, a couple weeks ago. But this is a game. You got Travis Kelsey coming into your backyard, man. The guy that the, the other guy that everybody says is, is as good or better than you. And he showed up and showed out. And you, you barely we even heard from on the other side. We talked about we didn't think it, that the Chiefs had anybody that could match up. We talked about Tyron Matthew being too small, Sorensen not having the ability. They didn't have. They don't have anybody that. I still yeah, say I that. I still believe that. Yeah, I knew I was just. You read my mind. I believe. I still believe that. He's walking the plank, man. He did not make it happen. We can blame Derek Carr, but we can't just put it all on Derek Carr, man. Because Derek Carr has shown he will. He will force feed the guy almost to the point of being nauseous, like he's force feeding him too much. He just has not made himself. He just doesn't seem like the same high impact. He doesn't look as fast this year to me. I don't know what's going on. I would not be surprised to hear that he's battling an injury or, or a hammy or something that just didn't make the injury report. This isn't the way to get that new contract. I know he's signed a new deal with Rich Sports and the, you know the, the those super agents, LeBron James and everything else. This isn't the way to, to really get that leverage. Coming. I don't even think he's been Pro Bowl worthy this year, so I'll just leave it at that. I, I want to hit you with something real quick. I want to see what you'd say to this. What do you think? And I'm just gonna. I'll just throw any random. I'll throw a random name out there. What do you think uh, he would be doing in Arizona right now? You think it'd be the same scenario? I'm just going off the cuff. It just hit me. No, I think he'd be doing well. I think Kyler Murray is better than Derek Carr. I think you'd okay, be doing even more. what about Tennessee? I mean, I guess is Tannehill better? I mean, I don't know. I just anybody. I just don't think. I think a lot of this is systemic in our offense, where it's Did like go- one day you're going to hammer a guy, and then the next day you're not even going to throw it at him. I, I, I don't know where the stability is with our offense right now. We really don't have any. So there's no identity. I think Rugs was the identity, unfortunately, and that's gone. But. I mean, it's hard to, for me to say that Derek Carr made this, you know, he was the quarterback when he was the All-Pro just last season. Some of it may be Carr, but he does Does he look as fast to you as he did? I mean, I'm just being real. He doesn't look as fast to me as he has the, the previous two seasons, that 4-4 speed. Well, yeah, so, and he, I mean, I don't know, but I also don't see them, like, pushing him down the field much ever either. It was like rugs or nothing, and rugs. what's crazy is how can rugs be your only – be your identity on offense when he was literally only getting, like – three to five targets a game. That's just crazy to me. So something's got to change, man. I don't know, but I'm with you. He's, he's got to step it up there. He's, even if he's got to tell Carr, Hey man, I need to rock, man. Like be more assertive, you know, be more aggressive, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There's something to be said about that because I feel like he is elite and I feel like the sky is a limit for this guy. And I don't get it either. With Ruggs, the weird thing was is that he didn't get a lot of targets, but he was the identity of the offense because either he was taking the top off with those explosive plays or you had to worry and assume that we were going to do that on any given play. Yeah, keeping the defense honest. I get that for sure, and it was huge. So, Just like Deshaun can do that. Deshaun can do that. We have to get back to that. We threw him one ball last night. It's like, come on, man. No, he can totally do that. I'm just saying that even Collinsworth was saying that just up until Ruggs's horrific mistake, we were leading the league and throwing the ball down the field, and now that's been gone since then. So yeah, who do you have? Or who do you have uh, captain of the week? I know that that's kind of a big it was, ask. It was tough to find, man. And even like listening to you talk about him earlier in the show, I didn't realize that. But uh, I'm still gonna stick with it because there wasn't much to go off. I'm gonna go with Brian Edwards. You listen to your captain, mate. He had three catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. 
back to Art's point, all that was inside. You know, he's not getting the separation. And when he Hart started throwing out those numbers, I'm like, gosh, can I even give him captain? But that's how bad it was is because I don't know where else to go. I do have one other guy, which would be kind of crazy to throw out there, but I'm going to see what Hart says, and maybe I'll give him an honorable mention. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Ryan Edwards, my captain of the week. At least he showed up, and, he, you know, out of everybody, he made – a few plays when we needed them to try to keep us in the game early. And then it just got away from the whole entire team. So, Yeah, it, he did some damage in the seam and nobody else really did. I mean, he was the most impactful receiver, uh, probably the most impactful guy on offense last night. Uh, so I can't really argue it. It was tough for me, but I went with Corey Littleton this week. You listen to your captain, mate week i could have went with crosby with the pressures but i just didn't feel like there was enough effective pressures to put him in the captain's chair littleton let you know let us in pro football focus grade with an 84 grade did his job in coverage i don't know again i don't know why they didn't man match him on travis kelsey i i, I again i thought that's one of the reasons why we brought him in a couple of years ago was his ability to man match on tight ends you know but um was you know wasn't a lot to go on this week, guys. You know, I could have gone another place too, but I just decided they're just really. It was hard to put anybody in the captain's seat. This when you lose forty-one to fourteen to your to your, I you know, biggest rival right now in terms of getting to the playoffs and doing anything. So Littleton, it's been up and down with him. He had a good game last night. Probably the only guy that was a, a, a net positive on defense the entire night. So I'll go Corey Littleton, captain of the week. I like it. I'm going to throw my honorable mention, which is this is how bad it was. Our punter, Mr. Yeah. Cole. <laughs> He's the only one that made an actual impactful play outside of, you know, like Edwards' <laughs> touchdown. But it, it, that's pretty sad when you literally are searching so hard for a captain that you throw your punter on the list. That should say all we need to talk about. That's all we need to say right there, and I'll, I'll just leave that alone, but that's how bad it was. What a way to step up in a week where you needed it so bad and to fall so flat. If we would have lost this game 41 to 35 or something, I could, I could get on board with that. But, dude, we just got boat raced right out of our own stadium. Yeah, then you blame the defense if you put up 35. I, I picked us to win 35 to 28, so – even yeah, I was think our D was going to let this happen at all. But I also at the same time, I didn't think our offense was going to fall flat on their face either and struggle to just even make a play. I don't know. The offense didn't give the D any help, so I'm not putting this on the D. Well, it, it, it's this is a team loss because the offense didn't give the defense anything either. It's just that's what I'm saying. I mean, I get it. The D has some blame too, but they were out there a lot. I wish I knew the time of possession, but either way, I know it was in their favor by good chunk well they certainly could have helped that time of possession by taking some of those balls away and they let those literally the, the, and go True. right through their hands so this is just a complete total team loss you know where literally all three phases had yeah. a lot to do with not getting this one done guys tough one I don't know well we're going to be here with you you know come rain sleet or snow you know good bad or ugly this is in the ugly category, but we're going to be here. We're going to preview a very, very pivotal, maybe a season defining game coming up against 
a quarterback that I really liked throughout the whole process, Joe Burrow. You guys have heard me drop his name a few times before, you know, going back to his days at LSU. They've gone through their own struggles. There's, this is another game where there's really no excuse. The, the Bengals have been struggling every bit as much as the Raiders have the last few weeks. They ha- it's, in, it's in Vegas, right? I believe so, yes. And then we go on the road to Dallas, I believe, on Thanksgiving. You have to get this one because you got to go to Dallas the week after that. You don't have to, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to really say that we really love that matchup, the way that things are looking. The, the boys are going to put up points, too. If you don't come ready to play, they can, they can put them up, too. So Bengals come into our building, got to take care of business there, or else the playoffs are really, really looking more and more like a long shot this season. Raspy, you got anything else you want to you want to say? Um, yeah, and by no means, Nation, am I giving up on us at all? I know it sounds bad, and I know I'm sounding super pessimistic, but it's not over. But we have to seriously get it together and figure it out. I don't know if that's maybe you know Carr calling the team meeting, somebody stepping up and stepping out and saying something. I don't know what the hell it's going to take, but. Like I said, man, if you go out and you fall flat in the next two weeks, it will be over in the next two weeks. So turn this around. Do whatever you got to do. We're still five and four. There's a crazy, you know, race going on in our division and just a conference in the AFC alone and NFL overall. So I'm not bailing, man. I've been trust me, guys. I'm not going to bail. I've been here for 35 years. I'm not bailing. But I am frustrated. And when I feel like we get close and then we have games like this and losing to the Giants last week, I'm pissed off. So it is hard for me right now, but I'm not giving up on us. We are going to show up every time. Yes, it's so much easier to talk to you guys about a win than it is a loss, but we're going to talk about it regardless. The nation, love y'all. Appreciate it. I'm going to say it every week. Without you guys, there really is no show. So thank you guys for always supporting us. As Art says, man, tell your friends, let people know, man, let's get involved. But, uh, yeah, I just appreciate the hell out of you guys. I love chopping this up. Even on the tough days, man, I'm still going to – we're going to chop it up. And that's because we love this game. We love this team. Sometimes we wonder why. But uh, either way, we're still here. So, Nation, keep your heads up. Let's move forward and let's go put it on the Bengals. We're going to talk about it later on in the week. So, y'all be good. Stay safe. I'm out. But heart wrap it up. Yeah, this is a must-win this week. If we lose to the Bengals, I think it's that means you have to run the table pretty much the rest of the way. So we're gonna break it down. This is a winnable game. So get your questions in. There's still an opportunity to uh, to be featured on the show, guys. So Ask Raspy will be back this week. We'll break it down. What the offense needs to do. What what does the defense need to do? What adjustments do the coaches need to make? So on and so forth. So. Be back with us for the Bengals preview show later on this week. And until then, guys, don't work too hard. Enjoy your time off if you have it. Um, Yeah, keep your heads up, guys. Hopefully that there's no more news with the Raiders here. You know, hopefully we can just talk about football the rest of the way. But regardless of what happens, we're going to be here to break it down for you guys. So no matter what, let's do this. Let's do this. And... As always, we like to leave you with the best catchphrase in the history of sports. No matter what happens, guys, we all have it in our control and power to do one thing. Just win, baby. <laughs>